0: Good morning, everyone. It is the 9th of May. My name is Lorna Denny and I'm joined today by Nile McDonnell. Markets were volatile last week and they certainly had plenty on their plates. Covid lockdowns continued in Shanghai and concerns are mounting that this will bring further supply chain disruption. More eurozone sanctions on Russia led to spikes in energy prices again and all feeding into fears over inflation and stoking talk of recession central banks remained high on the agenda with rate hikes in the uk australia and india but the primary cause of volatility was the u.s federal reserve press conference now what did jay Powell say exactly
1: good morning lorna on wednesday we had the outcome from the fomc may meeting that's the federal open markets committee for those that aren't familiar with the acronym Um, and as was expected the FOMC raised the funds rate target and the number was half a percent or 50 basis points and the post meeting statement announced the start of the balance sheet runoff which will begin next month. The key parameters for the runoff aligned with what the FOMC had proposed in the March meeting minutes, and um, that they would decrease the balance sheet by 95 billion, split 60 billion to treasuries, and 35 billion to mortgage backed securities. So the F- uh, Fed is beginning to reduce its balance sheet from the purchasing that it has entailed and built up uh, from the quantitative easing program post the great financial crisis. Now, Chair Powell signaled that uh, 50 basis points rate hikes are likely in June and July, um, but the pace of tightening in September and beyond will depend on data, really inflation data and the pace of inflation. And um, what was critical was when asked about the 75 uh, uh, seventy-five basis points increase, uh, his words were this is, 75 basis point increase is not something the committee is actively considering. Now, equity markets rallied strongly after this announcement, as there had been growing sentiment that the Fed would hike by 75 basis points at this meeting and possibly other meetings, given the high inflation dynamics that are prevalent. Um, the The Dow Jones, for example, surged 932 points after the meeting, and this is the largest increase since 2020. However, sentiment changed swiftly the following day, and for the rest of the week, we saw a reversal in both equity and bond markets, with both selling off quite pronouncedly. So these are certainly whipsaws in market sentiment. What was the cause of that? Well, initially, there was some relief that 75 basis point was not on the agenda, but the headline narrative on higher inflation, softening growth and tighter financial conditions came back to the fore. So the rally was short-lived and possibly an example of misplaced euphoria in, in the market.
0: Yes, indeed. And despite the Fed's keenness to actively rein in the economy, the PMI data are demonstrating a broader weakening of sentiment.
1: Yes, uh, the ISM services PMI eased from 58 to 57. So still above, still in expansionary territory, once it's above 50, Um, but it is suggesting to softer growth. Um, And what was notable in the comments of the report that highlighting many firms are concerned about inflation. Um, Also on the PMI front, China services and manufacturing PMIs reached the lowest levels since February 2020, As you noted at the outset, um, lockdowns in Shanghai and the government's zero COVID policy is really strangling the economy and suppressing economic activity. And also this zero COVID policy shows no sign of abating. No, indeed. And
0: turning back to the US, the employment data, the April non-farm payrolls are announced.
1: Yes, non-farm payrolls rose uh, 428,000 in April um and were revised down from the previous t- two months but this was broadly in line um with consensus the details of the report were generally weaker um some surprising declines in household unemployment and labor force participation um but the jobless the jobless rate remains unchanged at 3.6 percent in the us so still quite a tight labor market
0: yes and there's still quite a job for the fed to do if they want to achieve a soft landing for the us
1: economy Well, maybe being from Ireland and having lived and worked in finance through the economic crash back in the late 90s I'm slightly scarred and apprehensive when I hear the words soft landing. Um, That was the narrative from policymakers um, that we heard here. And the next thing we were on the cusp of a default and needed a bailout from the IMF in 2010. I think there is an argument to say, however, that Powell has previously orchestrated a soft landing, For the US economy, looking back at the hiking cycle from 2015 to 2018, I think the key difference here being the rate of hikes and the level of inflation were at very different levels.
0: Yes, and how this unwinds remains to be seen. Meanwhile, next week, earnings season will continue, and we have uh, numbers for the Disney Plus channel. will be quite closely watched, given the recent Netflix effect. We'll also have Japanese car makers possibly shedding light on this supply chain disruption we mentioned earlier. And there are a number of data points to look out for.
1: Yes, we have CPI data, uh, it's out on Wednesday. It's expected to be about the 6% year-on-year mark, so lower than 65 last month, um, but still very decelerating, um, but still a very high inflation print that we have coming out. Jobless claims are out on Thursday as well, um, but also importantly there's a number of Fed presidents speaking on Tuesday, and across the week. Um, after an FOMC meeting, these talks can sometimes give additional insights into what the Fed is thinking. And recent comments from Fed presidents, um, Brainerd, for example, last month, have generated uh, additional swings in markets.
0: They have indeed. Thank you very
1: much, Niall. Thank
0: you very much, Lorda.